This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. I am Jason, or Chevron, or Chops, the saucy lord of evil, and your host for the evening. Yay! It is July 24th, 2017, and this is episode 10, and it's Dagnabbit Hot. Blech. This week, I grabbed my good buddy from work, Max. I stuck a loaded microphone to his head and forced him to record his first ever podcast. We had a great time reminiscing on the old days of gaming on computers and consoles, building PCs, what coming to America and discovering a love for video games was like, and much more. Max will return soon as we move forward on my budget-ish low to mid-tier PC build over the next few weeks. I am still planning on putting something special together to cover the process, but we will see. As always, if you do like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. And be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, at WAG Podcast. Also, don't forget to send your constructive criticisms, questions, or suggestions to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. But enough talk. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Chevron Chops, and today I am joined by my work buddy, Max. He's a fellow gamer and PC nerd, you know, more more or less. He doesn't get to play as much as he'd like to these days, but <laughs> how are we doing, Max? Oh, I'm doing fine. Hello, everybody. It's good <laughs> to be on the show. Yep, absolutely. This is not going to get deleted, I promise. This, this will be on the internet. People will hear it. So now, if that makes you nervous, sorry. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So you've never done a podcast before. No, I haven't. You listen to podcasts, though. Yes, I do listen to podcasts. So you've got at least that little insider info on how they kind of flow and what they do. But, I mean, not like I'm some kind of professional or anything. So I can't set much of an example. So, yeah. so Just a a guy. And today, not even in a studio. We're just hanging out at my house, which... I don't know. I, I like it in its own way. It's it's nice. It's comfortable for me. But now, like we've talked about, I've got my stupid wiener dog that any minute now is going to blow off in some kind of barking tantrum. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more more relaxed than uh, and the probably studio. it's it's still warm, but it would be hotter in the studio. I know that for sure because the hardest thing. One of the hardest things, I always say the hardest thing, but it's not. It's somewhere on the list, though, is just the heat factor of podcasting because you can't have a bunch of fans and AC blowing around because it all gets picked up by the microphone. So, yeah, that's a good point. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. So, when you're listening to a podcast, you don't want it to sound like you're sitting in a car with the windows open, <laughs> hauling ass down yeah, the highway. Yeah, I can see how that can become a problem real yeah, quick. Absolutely. And even in my, my little vocal booth, like it's pretty well set up and insulated. So it's cool when I get in there, but once I close the door and turn everything off, I've got the monitor going in there, which doesn't generate that much heat. The 
laptops outside. So I've got the only thing in there really is me, but <laughs> putting out 98.6 degrees well, yeah. for like 30 minutes, it starts getting hot in, You're in the at an hour. Oh. But the little vent fan that I tried to put together for it, it's got baffle boxes and everything and a couple of big like CPU fans, like case fans. But even that is still too loud. Even that comes through on the microphones. Really? Yeah. So wow. I still need to work on wow. finding like quieter fans because I know they're out there, but it was there was like a, a cost to benefit ratio to that as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> it all plays a part. But because well, I mean shit, the whole thing cost me around three hundred dollars or so, I think. Maximum four wow. to build it. Yeah. Adding those adding like any kind of fancy fans that would be probably like thirty to forty dollars a piece, like <laughs> That's that's a third of my budget. Or a, well, we could always retrofit something. That, yeah, that would be a thing I'd be interested in. Yeah, yeah. no, we'll figure something out eventually. Because I mean, it is it's funny that I've got like a PC power supply tacked onto the side of my studio, two case fans <laughs> hooked up, to these big baffle boxes that kind of kind of work. I mean, it is. It's going to start looking like a time machine soon. Oh yeah. my god, I would love that. <clears throat> I've always like wanted to do something to the outside because it's still just like bare plywood mm-hmm. like I would love some to, kind of aesthetics yeah yeah decorate it paint it do something paint would that be could, easy that could definitely be a project yeah yeah the paint would be easy and then put like tron light strips all over it so, <laughs> ah. so when we talk about gaming as this is mostly a gaming podcast what are your earliest gaming experiences like what what was your first console or first console you saw or played somewhere what was your well breakthrough? <laughs> my background is in gaming is pretty different i would say than most people mm-hmm. so first of all i'd have to say that i was born in the soviet union oh yeah when, so it, when it still existed when it still existed <laughs> believe it or not so. he's born in a place that's gone yeah, that's people. gone this country is completely <laughs> It completely does not exist. It's not on the map anymore. This is hard for some people oh, to imagine. That is crazy. Yeah. Whoa. So back when I was a kid, I our neighbors had uh, neighbor kid had a Nintendo clone. Oh, man. Actually, so my first uh, gaming experience was on a bootleg console. <laughs> you know, but it was awesome. I mean, yeah. it intrigued me because oh, yeah. I was a very curious kid mm-hmm. when I was when I was younger, and I would always, you know. I'd always wonder about things and try to poke into things and try to disassemble them oh, and God. see how they work. <laughs> so when you're at your friend's house, tearing, tearing yeah. apart his Nintendo, like <laughs> I, I would, there would be nothing better for me to try and take it apart. But right. I wasn't a jackass, so you know I would always ask for you know permission <laughs> yeah. to do things. So hey, I wouldn't. Can just... I tear apart your NES? <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I would, I would play. Things like uh, Rescue Rangers, from what I remember, oh, man. which yeah. was great, classic, and it just intrigued me how like these characters could be moving and moving on screen. It was mm-hmm. like a cartoon that you actually played, right? So. And you're controlling it, and you're controlling, yeah. yeah so it's funny but, how like with with the kid brain, because I it's impossible to avoid video games. Like you, you can't not. Yeah. Somehow, some way, just either be sat in front of one or somehow eventually get a controller in your hand. I can't imagine an adult having never played video games. But now we've got like a different generation where, yeah, you and I, our earliest memories are stuff like the NES. And we've seen this whole crazy 
kind of evolution of video gaming, but to be these kids that are born, I mean, I've talked to a few already that the first console was like a PS2. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, what do they even think when they look at an NES game? Like, yeah, it's one of those things like <clears throat> with the NES, NES games, I think people get it. Like, because they're still retro games made in that style. But anything beyond that, like an Atari, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we need the kids react video for an Atari where they're just like, this is stupid. What is that square supposed to be me? Is that yeah. Like, well, speaking of people who have never played video games, mm-hmm. my roommate's one of those people. Ooh, there yeah, you go. he's like one of these guys <laughs> that grew up, you know, right before the whole thing kicked off. Mm-hmm. He knows what an arcade is, and that's about it. Whoa. So, you know, uh, I've been I've been trying to like get him updated, uh-huh. and he's because he he uh, he's an artist, mm-hmm. or that's his hobby, anyways. And yeah, so he's kind of interested, but yeah. then he's like, oh, you know. What do you do in these video games? And I'm what like, dude, hell? like anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder too. Like, if when you come across somebody like that, do you? I mean, potentially, I would think it'd be better to start them with the classics. Oh like, yeah. Here, that, let me that, introduce you to Mega Man. <laughs> that's been a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, like if if you if I ever introduced somebody to a video game, what would I show them? Like, right. Which one would you start on? Oh, this that. It's an endless question. Yep. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure the the easiest place to start is just here, Super Mario Brothers. I would imagine yes. Because even that, like. If if you came out of a cave and you've never seen a video game and somebody put that in front of you, like, oh, yeah, mind-blowing. So <laughs> it's got everything. It's like those, like, pixel-perfect kind of controls. The, like, the, the, the rule set in that game is probably, like, the best part of it because it's so consistent. It's so easy to, like, pick up and play. Where that'd be the crazy thing nowadays is trying to explain just the controller to a person that's never played games before. Yeah. There's, there's right? 47 buttons on this controller. Oh, I, I can't even, can't begin. Well, yeah, it can be intimidating because mm-hmm. they people don't understand that not every button is going to be used. Like, especially if you're pre- playing an indie title, which is probably the best place to begin at this point. Right. Indie titles. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're simple. They're to the point. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, they are more visual and less, so to speak, Kaizo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder, like, which ones would be good? Like, something, um, um, a good broad one that would get, like, the kind of the retro experience, too, was Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight, Shovel yes. Knight was great. And then Cave Story. The the two classics, I always bring those up. I mean, they are, they're, they're standouts for sure. But I, there's so much out there like that. I now. would probably say uh, one, actually, in particular, that my my roommate was interested in was Little Nightmares Ooh. that I actually purchased. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be a great game. I got through half of it. Yeah. I haven't finished it yet. So, Man. But yeah, that game is both very easy to play, but then very, like, immersive. And yeah. That's that's the funny thing with the indie games. I mean, they're ninety nine percent made by gamers. Oh yeah. So it's it's people recreating experiences that they've already had somewhere else, but polishing it, perfecting yeah. it, <clears throat> or combining things that were completely disparate, like not related at all. Like, I mean, kind of like it already exists, but it's like making a new Mario Kart. Yeah, it's it's combining two completely different genres. There, actually, I mean, I just created one. Make 
a side scrolling pixel art racing platformer. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Mario Kart but in it's like Kart Mario. <laughs> Cuz it's a it's a kart game or kart characters in a, a Mario style game. I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Stupid shit like that though turns into a game. I'll I'll release it on mobile. Watch out watch out for that one on the website. Yeah, with the amount of games that are out now, it's kind of hard not to try to imagine a game and and have it end up looking like something else, you know, because yeah, there's, no. there's so much out there. But at the same token, it's still kind of uh, amazing when people do release a game that feels different and that's like a totally new concept. And yeah. that's still that's still a very broad uh, genre. There's still a lot that can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, the, the one thing that is kind of worrisome with it is the better the tools get, the harder it's going to be for everything to be unique. Because, yeah. like, anything that's built with, like, something like Unity or Unreal, like, they all start looking alike. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. That is because it's easier to kick out a clone than try to breach new ground. Right, totally. So when you finally did get your own console, what did you start with? Well, here's the story behind that. Oh. And you're, you're going to like this based <laughs> on what... Uh, what I've heard from your podcast. So basically, when when I got here, right, mm-hmm. my family was poor. Yeah. So video games were out of the question. We got a TV, and that was innovation. Oh you wow! Know? Yeah. Wow. TV. Thirteen inch black and white. Yeah. Score. Well, it wasn't exactly black and white, no. but because this was when was this? This was ninety four mm-hmm. or ninety five. So yeah, TV Dude, was. That's. Because I mean, oh, I can't remember ninety four or ninety five. Because I remember. Like, yeah, we had our first TV um, that I can remember was one of the ones that were still, like, furniture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> had I know the one. big wood case built around them. That piece of crap. I would turn it on on Saturday mornings and then go back to bed for an hour because the screen would not turn on. Oh, it, it had would, to warm yes, up. Yes. It took, like, 30 to 40 minutes oh, for the shit. actual picture to turn on. So I've seen a lot of crazy shit. But, wow. like, the first TV I bought for myself was... It wasn't black and white, but it was like a, like a fifteen-inch, like again. I mean, there was no such thing as LCD back then. Even Dang, computer no, monitors. Forget no, it. no, we had a we had a little thirteen-inch mm-hmm. like box. Box, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But since but, but since it worked, we, yeah. damn it, and it was great. Since we never had anything, it was the best True, thing ever. It's right? Like sliced bread at that yeah. point, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, so we got that, and then. We got a VCR, which was which was awesome. So again, again, man, yeah. I think we got we had like one or two videotapes with uh-huh. like Disney cartoons on it, and that was like being watched over oh, yeah. and on over a constant again. loop. Yeah, yeah, because there was nothing on on the channels. And how many times did you splice the tape back together? Oh like, no, yeah, because <laughs> that's that's the thing you always hear too. Is like, yeah, we ran that tape until it broke, and yep. then we put it back together, and it still ran for like a little bit. But well, it's like you missed the first ten minutes of the movie <laughs> when you're not getting new content. It's like. Yeah. Here's your two choices: sit, sit in a room like this and twiddle your thumbs, mm-hmm. or fix the tape. Yeah, fix the tape fix one the tape. every time. Yep, absolutely. So, <laughs> so after after a while of that, um, we moved into a, a different apartment, mm-hmm. and I actually found a Sega Genesis in the trash, which was amazing oh at the time. This God. was, I believe, '96. That's that's weird. Yeah, it that's was crazy. Weird. It was it was a perfect it was a perfectly good Sega Genesis. What the hell? Because I was taking out the trash and I yeah. I opened the thing and I'm like, 
well, what, what's about, what are these wires in here? And it, lo and behold, it was a Sega Genesis with both with Sonic One and what? Two on it. <laughs> oh my I, God! I'm, I bet you money it was some some kid's mother got pissed yeah. off and yeah. said, "Okay, you're not playing these games anymore." Right? You're trashing you're him, wasting all your time, and yeah. blah blah blah. Oh man, one of those cases. Holy but yeah, crap! You can imagine I got <laughs> that thing, and I was just like glued to it. My head would have exploded yeah. if that would have happened to me. My God. I couldn't believe it. I'm that's like, insane. What? And what it, like, it is, that's, that's my, I mean, after the NES, that's where we ended up. I didn't get the Super Nintendo. We got the Genesis. And that really started my kind of like, I, I want to call it like a dark horse underdog type of thing where that's what I'm always drawn to is, the other guys, yeah. like after the NES, I mean, there, there was no direct competition for it, but with the Genesis, they were in direct competition with the super Nintendo, but the Genesis, like just from seeing, I mean, all the only experience I'd had was store demos. So yeah, I'd seen and played super Mario and thought it was amazing. But then I played Sonic the Hedgehog and it was just, it was something I'd never seen. It was weird. Like there's yeah. something about the graphics to it that, and the music and I remember playing at the, got to the mall with my grandma and my cousin, and I was just standing there playing the game. And all of a sudden, I look around, they're gone. They just left me. They weren't even willing to like oh, yeah. wait me out. Like, no. And I would have been there all day. I would have beat the game like if I could have. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Sonic was just one of the, just that type of game to mm-hmm. where you could, it, it had everything going for it. It yeah. had amazing music. It mm-hmm. had very smooth side scrolling. Yep. Fast smooth uh, very side fast. scrolling. For and, that time, it was an attitude, yeah. too, which was always that was that was the big yeah, thing. Yeah, chili dogs. Real right. Sucking down a chili dog. But <laughs> the spiky hair type of thing, just like the, the attitude of it, oh, it, it all came together. Because Mario, I mean, was obviously well established by then. Oh, yeah. They'd already had up to Mario 3, and then Mario World was an amazing game, too, but still, just not enough. And even now, I, now looking back, like going through with emulators and, and stuff, I I don't know. The Sega games don't have the pull that the Super Nintendo ones do in like a retrospect. I see. I, I don't, like except for Sonic 2, I really don't crave playing any other Sega games that I could think of. Like it's, it's weird, especially not with like the RPGs. Because with Super Nintendo, you go back and there's like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and like there's... So many different games, but then there are some on Sega, like the Fantasy Star series and Shining Force. Those were huge, but it's just, it's weird. But yeah, Sega didn't really have a lot of RPGs, did it? No. I think that was part of That was probably both of them. (laughs) Part of their downfall. I mean, if they had more RPGs, they probably could have had a much clearer competition with the Super. That's that's one of those ones, there's, um, I can't remember the name of it exactly, but there's like a book that was recently written that went into deep, deep detail and they're making a movie out of it about the, the battle between Nintendo and Sega during that period. And what I've seen and read like on the side unrelated is just that Sega of America did not have their shit together. It was being run by, I want to say like one cokehead that just, (laughs) he, he had a whole different set of priorities than what was actually good for the market but he made some good decisions too, but 
overall, in the end, it it wasn't the right direction for anything. Yeah, and if you, I bet if you look at like the overall, if you look at just the console overall and everything mm-hmm. that was done, yeah, you could you could tell. Yeah, because they they had, in some ways, the better hardware. Super Nintendo ended up with better graphics consistently. And I remember yeah. being a nerd back then, looking at the video game magazines and the specs that they had to compare. I mean, you're you're talking about oh, the Super Nintendo can put out 256 colors simultaneously, and Sega can only do like 60 or 80 or something. It's like oh, <laughs> now yeah. now I want that. Don't forget blast processing and blast processing <laughs> versus Super <laughs> FX though, which that's a funny thing too. The the Super FX chip that they started plugging in that gave us like Star Fox and stuff. Sega, the best they could do ended up being like the 32X. Yeah, and but that came way later. Way later, and it was garbage. But the Mode Seven was another one that yeah. Nintendo had from the beginning because like Castlevania Four used Mode Seven. Sega caught up with that because I remember even another Castlevania Bloodlines had even better like crazy scaling graphics and like backgrounds that would like sway like in different directions stuff that again we'd never seen up until that point but yeah the the super nintendo was definitely better set up to be to be a long lasting console Mm -hmm. but sega but sega genesis did come out before the super nintendo yeah so they start and I, i think that was sega's kind of like thing yeah it was a it was a meme repeated throughout the right. whole thing to the where whole, they yeah. try to jump the gun and mm-hmm. say we're gonna Look, we're gonna beat everybody else to the gate with this half here's ass. an amazing <laughs> thing and it and almost worked because you would go from like a nes to to seeing something on a sega genesis and it blew your mind because yep. like what you know totally. co- coming from you know mario 3 and then seeing sonic yeah in yeah. a smooth you know 16 mm-hmm. bit scrolling action oh. You you there's no way you wouldn't be captivated by right. that. No, that's probably what got me. That yep. is that's probably what did it. But then they were how they had like the the curse of just poorly executing the best ideas. Yeah. Cuz from there there was the Game Boy. Well, here's the Game Gear. Yep. It's got a backlit LCD screen. And it's like, holy crap, this is amazing. I can play this thing literally anywhere except in direct sunlight because (laughs) that was the worst. But it ate batteries. Yeah, I have one at my house. Right? But that was the thing. It's like there's there's always a trade-off, and that was the downfall of that one, is it just sucked batteries like nothing. Sucked batteries, and it was kind of big. Yeah, it was huge. And then, I mean, down their generations, it's like they had had, – they did a Nomad, which was a portable yeah. Genesis, but same problem. And then from there, we get into like the PlayStation era. So Nintendo and Sony were working on the PlayStation. Sony split off, and I think probably in that window of time is when Sega slapped together the Saturn. And I'm not sure who made it to market first between those two, but it was the same thing where just like the Super Nintendo versus Genesis, you had the Saturn that was better at 2D graphics and yeah. the PlayStation that focused wholly on 3D, well, now they're kind of lopsided. Yeah. Like, the future was in Sony's park. Sega kind of bet on the wrong team. Well, and, I think oh. I think they they dabbled way too much into the Sega CD. Yeah. It, it was a good concept, mind you, because the, the content... They knew the storage was there. Yeah. I mean, the, that was the, the biggest thing. The storage of a CD plus... Mm-hmm. The audio know, quality that came with yeah. it, the... 
and just slap uh, 16-bit graphics on all of that. that but that's what, yeah, that's but, what blew it. But in in retrospect, it's kind of cool. I like I like oh, that yeah, concept. No, of, it, it, it definitely was a trailblazer for everything else to come. And, I mean, it it brought home things that didn't even exist. It's like it, it's, CD video from a CD yeah. was it's, not a thing. And, and outside of that, basically, like outside of the, the Sega CD, it was Laserdisc and then straight to DVDs. So it, that, it's that was downfall. Unique. Its downfall was the fact that just poor development. Uh, again, you know, video, video, video games, yeah. games that had just more based on video. Yep. That and weren't weren't games at all. Right. No, they're interactive movies. Yeah. Like RPGs would be an, an amazing yeah. field for this technology, but yeah. it came out way too late and way, way too late and way way crippled yep. just being based on. And that I think 16 bit console, it's like that. It was just too much to ask. Yeah, I think Sega Saturn was their kind of like attempt at rectifying that hodgepodge that the yeah. Genesis was becoming. <laughs> it was like, it was like Akira, it was like blowing up. Yep, right. Yeah, it was mutating Ugh. and just absorbing everything <laughs> yep. that it touched. And it did, it looked like that too, because it was all bulbous and gross until they had like the there was like two versions of the, the Sega CD, the tower one. Much nicer because it sat underneath yes. of the Genesis, but then they did the side by side, which just made it just a fat wart. Yeah, and then and then the, the 32x most... plugged in on top. And then the most mind blowing part of all of it: some games required both, right? The 32x oh and the God, so no, insane. Why? Right. <laughs> I love the pictures though too. Of somebody put together yeah. all the different add-ons, so they had yeah the side by side. And then in the console, they put like the 32X, a Game Genie, the little net internet adapter that they ended up making for it for yep. Sega TV, and then like Sonic and Knuckles with another game snapped on the top of that. So it's like three feet tall. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that configuration would actually run, no. but it was hilarious to see. Just but oh, how gross. On the same note, just a quick uh, side note. Mm-hmm. I mean, some... Some game manufacturers or console manufacturers could learn uh, from this like method of, of doing video games yeah. to where you make a console that is in some way future-proof. I mean, right. it's hard to do now, but yeah, as being being a lower-budget gamer, mm-hmm. it's hard to just keep uh, oh, yeah. going out and buying new hardware all well, the time. And it would be yeah. awesome if there was just like, you know like one more add-on that they could do mm-hmm. for just one console yeah. to prolong it. Yeah. We're now, I mean, the con- that's always been the PC market. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's something hopefully we'll have time to talk about. But with um, the consoles, now it's just new iterations. And we get these like half-generation steps. Like we've got the PS4 Pro and the Xbox. Oh, that drives me nuts. It's... I. I still am not sold on who the hell that's for. And it's funny because they're still selling. Like, I haven't seen anything negative about the releases yet. Oh, yeah, they will sell. Yeah, because, I mean, if there's somebody out there that somehow hasn't gotten into a new console, well, that's the obvious choice. I'm not going to get... Yeah, I could save a couple hundred bucks and get last year's model, but here's the new bright and shiny. Like, Well, I think here... In this aspect, the fault lies with sadly with us gamers. Yeah. What what happens is <laughs> we're idiots. <laughs> we're idiots. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll buy uh, anything included. you sell to us. We we see shiny things and yes. we're like, oh me want God. that. Yep. 
<laughs> like the Switch. Yeah. No, no offense. <laughs> it's got one great game. Yeah. So, uh, and developers know that, and they and they will cater to us all day. Oh yeah. And I think the reason why the those plus consoles exist is mainly because of 4K. Yeah. Yeah. 4K came really in the middle of a generation. It really so. came too quick, too fast. But people, it's also. <sighs> People bought a 4K TV, you know, they jumped on the bandwagon, and yeah. that's great. Resolution up, uh, upgrades are always amazing. They're great. Yeah. I mean, as, as I think... much as the 4K meme is, is <laughs> done to death. And... Well, it's, it's a weird thing, though, because the content still isn't out there. Like, it's with the PC market, it's caught up. Like, you can build a 4K system on... Not on the cheap, but reasonably, especially if you're just upgrading. But with TV, it's not there. TV, cable boxes are still not even putting out 1080p, I don't think. I think they're still doing interlaced. So they're not putting out 4K unless it's like streaming internet stuff. Like Netflix has 4K content now. They're slowly upgrading, but it's really way too early still. Yes, the the only crux of this of this movement is that it's way too early. It's mm-hmm. exactly as you say it is. Yeah, but it's that cart, is cart before the horse. Yeah, like, that is not really it. Isn't, it isn't really a reason to like dog 4K. No, because it, when when it will be utilized, it will be amazing. Yeah. Well, but it's too early. And that's that's the biggest sales point with it is when you see the two next to each other. Yes. When you go from 1080p to to 4K, like you see an insane difference. That yeah that. Well, if, if you've got the content to actually take advantage of it, which now with the console, I I just flashed on it. This is why Sony pushed the PS, PS4 Pro. Uh, Sony sells 4K TVs. They would love to sell you a $5,000 Bravia 60-inch 4K TV. Imagine that. So, yeah. <laughs> why don't we throw in a PS4 Pro with that? And now, yeah, it, it starts connecting the dots behind the scenes because it, it is. That's, they, they just made a market. Well... As as far as image quality goes, I'd say comparing the two side by side now is mm-hmm. kind of redundant because what you're getting is the same game, yeah, almost the same game, yeah, game wise, running it's... on on very similar hardware, mm-hmm. even though it's PS4 Plus or whatever they call it, yeah, <laughs> it's literally the same game mm-hmm. with very minor upgrades, and yeah. people say, look, there's no real like quality difference, but yeah. but therein lies the problem. It's like yeah. it's like going to a TV store. And looking at you know the the feed that they have going oh, piped to those right. units and it's split saying, fifty times yeah it's split fifty times it's it's like ten eighty p on on all the four k displays or something yep. like that right and saying oh this all looks the same maybe we'll just buy the cheaper one yeah so well and that's what the store the store I don't know like their their margins are so weird on the TVs they probably don't care which one you buy as long as you buy one. Because they're probably making the same amount of money off of all of them. Oh yeah, like their their margin is going to be the same across the board. So if if we sell this last year's model for six hundred dollars versus next year's for two thousand, we still only make like twenty dollars more on the big one. Yeah, it's who it, cares? It's a win and lose. So yeah. the win is if they push out more four K TV to TVs to people, mm-hmm. we will get better <clears throat> content, content yeah. because people will basically demand it. Yeah, now the market will have. 4K uh, capability, mm-hmm. and then the developers will recognize that and develop content that looks great on a 4K. Right. But the lose is that, <laughs> like there's you mentioned, there's many ways to lose. Yeah, there's many ways to lose, and the uh, 
and the and they will try to squeeze every last dollar out of you. Yep. There you go. So I'm thinking, like 4K obviously became more feasible on PC first. So there's a demand there already for screens, LCD monitors, and everything that can handle yes, it because because PC so, isn't like restricted. No. So therein, you've already developed the technology. Then it's just a transition over to yes. Now you put a TV tuner in it. So I mean. It, it makes complete sense how it could progress that way so fast, so easy, because it is. It's just supernatural basic stuff. Yeah. It's just the content that now has to catch up with yes. it. But the PC never <clears throat> never suffered the, the sudden jump to 4K no. because PC was always building that lead. Mm-hmm. It was slowly having its resolutions up, yeah. up, up, and then 4K was the only... Yeah, because you know, natural jump from there. What was it like? Fourteen forty was kind of yeah. the standard for. I mean, up until the last year or two, yeah. and then it jumped to four K because it just it just made sense. It's just the next logical step for it. But yeah, that's still though the biggest cost to me. the The biggest negative is that they're chasing that instead of FPS. Yeah, which they always flip and do, and it's so goddamn frustrating because that is the one thing that automatically defines a good game experience and a great gaming experience. Well, like if it looks good, but it runs like crap, that's going to be the thing you remember. If it looks kind of okay, but runs beautifully silky smooth, that's freaking awesome. Like that's the thing with VR right now. Like on PSVR, the graphics aren't as good as playing the game on a 4k TV, but the immersion and the frame rate, are incredible. I, I can't understand why we have such a block for that. And I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's another I, one of those things that I guess you have to actually experience it. And if you're only a console gamer, you don't know the difference. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you've never played a game on a PC that at like 100 plus frames, you don't know what you're missing. So <laughs> I guess that could be a thing. Well, let, let me touch on that real quick. No, for well, me personally, well... The the problem is again it goes back to us gamers we mm-hmm. like shiny things yeah and the shiny things don't oh. come at high frame rates I guess because, not because they can't be pushed out on the on on a console or mm-hmm. whatever hardware you have that they can that's, but strugg- at, that's struggling at the, at the time yeah yeah uh, you know well and that's that's probably it's a, it's the nature of the market that the gamer market like the people the the people in the families that buy the majority of the games versus the hardcore gamers, like they're the ones that drive that mm-hmm. because yeah, if, if a game comes out, like if the same game came out one version that chased 60 FPS and then in an alternate universe, the other one that chased resolution, which one would sell better? It would probably be the one with the better resolution, the better, higher fidelity graphics, because that is, that's what the, the sheeple will line up for. And well, it's a thing of taste, I, I guess, at some point as well. But well, as, as, you know, yeah. as a console gamer, you really get screwed yes. here. If if they lock it at 30 frames, yeah. you're almost lucky. You really get screwed here. So that's your preference. You're going to have a tough time. Yeah. But in, but in the PC market, you get a choice. Yes, you because do. you hey, oh. you do you want frame rates? Turn those settings yes. down. Yeah, and drop your resolutions, turn off the self-shading. Like, oh, yeah. Please, by all <laughs> right means, away. here you go. And that's, that's the thing that's stupid, too, is why don't we just get that? 
I've played one game, I think, in the last year on console that actually gave me that option. And that's amazing at this point. It is. It's ridiculous. But at the same time, it can be done because Titanfall did it. Titanfall is the pinnacle of like modern graphics with frame rate on console. Like I've never experienced a game like that outside of like basically anything I've played that I could think of because Horizon has like, I don't know if you'd call it similar, similar kind of fidelity, but that one. And then I guess Call of Duty Infinite, like they're the games that have like those, the crazy, like pinnacle of graphics on console. Cause that's, that's their, their game. That's what they chase. It's always like the best looking game, but Call of Duty definitely wasn't 60 FPS. Yeah. So how come they couldn't do it? But Titanfall could, it's like, it's a weird thing, but I applaud the guys that actually chase FPS. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're basically God level if you can do both, but well, pretty much it's yeah. crazy. If, it just, if you, yeah. if you can program a game to be that, uh, so to speak, free flowing to where mm-hmm. the memory is that managed and that yeah. tight. But me personally, I'm not as big of a FPS, like mm-hmm. a Nazi, so to speak. Whoa, like, <laughs> whoa. You just more or less called me, indirectly <laughs> called me a Nazi. That's that's incredible. That's that's a new point for this podcast right there. Well, that's going we're in the here history to book. Breach new ground, right? <laughs> Holy we're shit. here to set new standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, so to me, uh, a game, I look at a game as an overall experience, mm-hmm. right? I play a game and, then, yeah, and then I say, okay, here's what I like, here's what I don't. Mm-hmm. In most games that have enough of a FPS margin, like 40 FPS versus 60 will not bother me greatly. Yeah. Although I can see the impact of yeah. that. But and it's it's also there's frame drops that suck. When, yeah. when, the, yeah, yeah, when yeah. the frame rate fluctuates, that's worse. Like... I it it all depends on how much though. Yeah, how and much where cuz there's there's plenty of games that run 30 frames and then you get into a corner yeah. and it starts running 60 frames like when there's nothing on screen. <laughs> and I love seeing that. I, I it makes the, me happy when I find those moments, yes, but the frame it's also like should, it it breaks it. Should definitely be locked. Yes. That way you get a smooth consistent experience. Consistency, yeah. Even if it's not at 60, maybe at yeah, 30. No. But it, at least it's not jittering all over the place, right. and that's what when people... It, yeah, when it speeds up and slow down, slows down. But that's a thing, too, that they've done a really good job on, is slowdown is almost non-existent in most games. Yeah. Like, because that, that's a PS1 and 2 era thing, where too much is going on on screen and everything just kind of bogs down. That's... I, I can't remember the last time I really saw anything like that. I still see pop-in in racing games and stuff, and um, some of the kind of open world games because even the open world games they're super smart with they do that ranged quality fov yeah well or not it's not fov yeah not not field of distance my bad yeah so it's like in in horizon i noticed it where you could see the the big walkers whatever the hell they called them with the big like what was it like a radar dish on their head the the giraffes (laughs) yeah basically you could see them from across the world, yeah. but if you could get it to like zoom in on it, like use one of the, the bow and arrows and zoom in, you could see it was the shittiest low res, yeah. like five polygon model, but it was still animated. And it's like, thank you. Like, yep. thank you for, for doing that. Instead of me getting close to it and just seeing it pop in out of nowhere. Like, no, that, that's the best, like 
design choice that anybody can make. And I, again, that's another thing that I applaud designers for. It's like making those kind of quality decisions of which is more important, seeing it and getting that immersion that it's really there the whole time. And you could run a, a mile away from it and it's still there is crazy compared to just having this crazy high detail model that just pops in out of nowhere. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, the popping in mm-hmm. N64, yeah. Oh that my was, god! That era was notorious for, <laughs> for fog. Yeah, for fog, <laughs> quote unquote. Things coming oh. at you, and you, you'd come within ten feet of something, and it suddenly, ooh, it's yeah. there. No, but, <laughs> there was a. I had a funny experience with that with um, on PS2. One of the first games that came out was Summoner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that no, one. No, I haven't seen it. It was kind of like a. a Dungeons and Dragons style game, like an RPG, like, like over the top or kind of. It was like a three quarter view, but it was a Got free it. camera too. So like a third person. Yeah, so third person and kind of like Diablo type of thing. It was like a strategy RP, RPG, Got but it. like real time. But in that one, there was a castle that you were going to, like the first town you get to, and you would literally see it draw the castle line by line. And it would just appear and disappear as you would yeah, like walk towards step, it in a way. Step back. <laughs> yes. So it's not that the whole thing would just pop in, but it would draw it like procedurally as you like it. You could see the the limit of the vehicle. It was so bad. And I remember thinking like when the game started, I was blown away by how good it looked because there was like particle effects on the fire and stuff and yep. things I had never seen. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> like. Oh, this is not the future I was promised or whatever. It was funny. Well, the problem is is that it's hard to break new ground without pushing boundaries. Yeah. When you push boundaries, you're going to have these. You run into walls. Exactly these things. Yep. Everything that you've talked about. Right. Those little hurdles, those because, little problems. Because if these do not exist, these games do not exist and they have not done that, mm-hmm. then the industry won't accept anything else. And it will be right. a while until anything else can come out yeah. to where it's absolutely smooth. So it's like it's going to have to be a give and take mm-hmm. because if 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 what you say was to be implemented to where people did focus on uh making their game as smooth as possible mm-hmm. with as with as best draw distances as, as the hardware can take they would have to wait so yeah. we would go from something like Mario 64 to you know say you know uh Mario Galaxy right off the bat and we would yeah, have right. to wait that whole time yep. I don't know What's worse, though, you know? Yeah. Well, and I don't know. It's just, it's it's one of those things that that's what they decided to chase. That's what kind of the, I don't know, the common motivation became. Because looking back, like you mentioned, the that stagnation, that's what caused the original video game crash for yeah. Atari. That's when everything just shit the bed before the NES came out. Because everybody just started milking it and just releasing garbage after garbage after garbage just because they could. And everybody loved having new games coming out all the time. And then they realized, well, the quality isn't there and they stopped buying them and then everybody went bankrupt. So yeah, there's, there is that flip side to it. And nowadays it, I mean, it's pretty easy. I feel like we're already kind of getting into those, those routines where, like I always say, you've got Assassin's Creed 23 coming out. Yes. That's all it ends up being. But, And, and, but there is, there's enough, Enough new creation, like, on the indie scene, like we talked about, and even, like, a lot of mainstream games are doing crazy stuff, like Horizons 1 that was just totally unique in so many ways. 
but still on common ground. It's an open world game, third person with like bows and arrows and crap, like seen it, done it, but it's adding new concepts and new storytelling methods and everything that, that really make it a new game. But still, it's just an open world game. And like I'm, I just started Prey today. It's just an FPS. And it feels yeah. a lot like Half-Life did, like early, like playing that for the first time, like getting those vibes back. So it's like another rinse and repeat. But like, are we into that second? I mean, I, I, it's not going to be a crash for sure. But they've definitely, I, they know that the issues are there. People have been vocal enough about it. So I don't think we'll see the Atari thing again, but it, it, it's, we're in that, that phase where we need that next jump. So maybe yeah, that'll be it. I don't maybe. Know. And never know. Maybe somebody will do it, but just to touch on that real quick, mm-hmm. uh, the, what the Atari suffered was a lack of quality control. Yeah. Something that the Wii was displaying quite valiant, valiantly. Holy shit. You just blew my mind yeah. again. I would come to the store, I would go to the Wii section, and I would dread it. That w- Those white cases were the... Uh, the My Pet games, yeah. where there's like 30 of them, <laughs> and Cookin' Mama 17. Cook- well, there's, there's a difference between a game that was kind of developed on a low budget, and you can mm-hmm. see it's a game. Like yeah. I think Cooking Mama like is like the very basis to what could be called a game, because mm-hmm. it had something. Yeah. But well, like, I mean, every, pets God. too. You know, it was just like it turned into like the Android market. Yeah, that was that was the Wii like game selection. So now it's funny to think of with all the the other consoles, like being a, a collector with the Wii. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be as much as a thing. And you're going to see twenty years from now a lot of weird, shitty games that nobody ever wanted that'll actually be worth money because <laughs> they just got trashed because it was it was so much just. What do they call that? Shovelware. Shovelware. Yeah. Exactly. That's the that's the word you're looking for. So go out and find one of those piece of craps that someday will be the next. God, I just saw it. Um, not track and field, but the original ones like Stadium Sports or something. Maybe that somebody sold for forty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> maybe if maybe if the Wii actually introduced a new line of games and called it shovelware and just oh my have, god have people just get their shovelware and, yes. and it's clearly marked <laughs> yep. like here's the shovelware yep here's they're here's in, an actual product they're in blue boxes yeah. instead of the white ones blue boxes and mm-hmm. like according price tags yeah. perfect you right. want to you want to cheap you want to you know whatever here it is this yep. is the, this is the thing for you oh. but when it starts becoming like Deceptive. the majority and you well, the majority too and yeah. then there's a certain then you start getting a certain following for your console. The people yeah. that enjoy these games, uh, developers don't want to release titles on your console no. because that's where their game is going to end up. Yep. In, right between smack dab between Pets 2 <laughs> and, you know, Barbie's <laughs> Dream House. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, if they made, like, a Sim Barbie, I don't know. That wouldn't be too bad. No, they no, it wouldn't. There's, there's, but there's, there's an original idea. There's a just lot of, there's a lot of room for Barbie games. <laughs> oh my games God. that would be amazing. Games that would actually be games. But no, that'll be the day when there's, yeah. where's a, when there's a Barbie game that comes out that actually that's, people want to play. That's amazing, right? <laughs> That'd be nuts. Why not? Yeah, anything's possible. People will buy it. Adults will buy it. Yeah, 
there's lots of bronies out there that would buy it. So <laughs> that's perfectly good, perfectly good and fine. As Whatever long floats as, your boat, as long as it's not shovelware. Yeah, it's, it's not that's developed. The thing. And, I don't care what you make, as long as it's not garbage and you actually try in a Taiwanese basement. No, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I just saw there's like a a League of Legends ripoff that was from China, and I just from reading the headline, it sounded like the Chinese company is now going to sue Blizzard. Or they don't make it. Who no, makes? it's not Blizzard. It's uh, uh, I can't think of their name. Riot Games. Riot Games. They're like going to sue them for stealing the concept. <laughs> like that's what? great. I'd love to see that. Oh lawsuit. hell yeah, I'd love to see that actually play out in court. Um, after your consoles, I know now you lean more towards the PC side. Current day, uh, what what got you to that point? What what was like the the kind of the turning point on that, or where did you get into? PC gaming? Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I've always been a fan of both, consoles yeah. and PC. And because, you still do have. Yeah. The, you got a PS4 and the PC. Because there's, there's been a lot of games that came out on consoles only that I love. Yeah. So there was no always. way I was going to drop a console mm-hmm. or a PC. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, PC had, you know, its own appeal. For, for especially for FPS games and yeah. you know aiming with the mouse and keyboard. Oh god, yeah. When you when you get used to that, you can never get unused to that. Right. So that's true. And you grab a controller and you're like, why am I <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah, why did you strap me to a chair and tie an arm behind my yeah. back? Like <laughs> this isn't fair. But but at the same time I can put up with it because I know every single other person is bound by the same rule. That's yeah, that is if a nice I was thing. playing versus other players that were using a mouse and keyboard. And you were stuck with a gamepad. Yeah, I, yeah, would, I would not start fair. complaining there. Unless it's a fighting game. <laughs> it's, here, here's a guy with a keyboard and mouse in Street Fighter V. <laughs> Let's see how you do now. Yep. Give me a give me an arcade stick and yeah, we'll have at it. Maybe that's what I should do when so, I play Street Fighter. <laughs> at some point, I got a, I was always ob- obviously interested in computers because mm-hmm. they were, you know, they were just like a huge box of hardware. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is the mother. Right? Yeah. Open up the case. Yeah, open I up can, the I case. can do that? Because <laughs> I, I got my first computer, which I like got somewhere for free. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was. It was a Pentium 1. I, I oh, opened, God. That's, yeah. yeah. But it was, it it's wasn't. Not, it's not old, but it's like, it's kind of late to the party too yeah. because I, my first computers were like, Five five and a quarter floppy disks, and then I got one that was a a three point five, and still had the floppy on there. But God, I've gone through like every generation of Windows too. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> and I know like with that, that's basically gateway era. Yeah, like it's probably like the best way to typify that like generation. That that's when computers. Not only, I mean, they were already in the home, but that's when they literally became like a, an appliance, like something yeah. that everybody had. A staple. A staple, yeah. And God, that's what built Intel. So my computer experiences were, it's not that I lived in the era where they mm-hmm. were relevant, mm-hmm. but they were just castaways, which I could get at yeah. a garage sale, oh, yeah. at, a, at a flea market or yep. anything because I could afford it. <laughs> and funny, too, because it used to be a $1,000 computer for yeah. the, the sucker that bought it. <laughs> yeah. Free to me. <laughs> I think it I think it all started when I come, came here and, mm-hmm. and my grandma got a computer. Was it oh, one yeah. of those pa- Packard Dells with the uh, 
Pentium chip in it. Yeah. That was those were popular. Yeah. And I was playing uh, Spider-Man Cartoon Maker on it. Oh wow! Which was amazing. Yeah. I don't could, even remember that one. Anyways, it was a free game that yeah. came with it, and but you could make like little animations with it. Yeah, it's, like Mario Paint or something. It had yeah, it, it was exactly like that, and <laughs> that was amazing because hell yeah. Like, you could make you fun. could like you basically made your own comic book, yeah, which, which gotcha. was great. Oh yeah, and it was a it was a game that was bundled with the system. Right. So, God, nobody misses those days though. <laughs> Except I, I have seen people kind of starting a petition for an update to the the pinball game, Space yeah. Pinball, yeah. that used to come on Windows. <laughs> yeah, I played that, right? But that was before I actually had my own machine. Mm-hmm. I got my hands on the on the some broken Pentium one, yeah. Or it was running or halfway running, and then yeah. I, I broke it personally because I was messing around with <laughs> it. I'm like, what does this do? What does this do? And I ended up breaking it. Yeah. But I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a real. I wasn't stressed. Yeah. yeah. I got it for free. Yeah. So exactly. I'm like, okay, well, this is what you don't do. Yeah. To a computer. <laughs> that's, again, that's that's my life lesson: learning from mistakes and yep. other people's mistakes, especially. But yeah, that's and a, then, that's the way it works. And then, speaking of floppies, I got my hands on an Amiga, of all things. Ooh. Yeah, which was a great retro machine. Yeah. But I, I didn't know what it was at the time because I bought it at, at a what's yard this, sale. What's this weird little yeah, mini what's this computer? Weird basically? mini computer. It's got floppies on mm-hmm. it. it. And it came with a bunch of games. Ooh. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Anything that had games right? in, on it was so it had things like Outrun, which was amazing oh, oh. for that yeah. machine versus yeah. like an NES. There's right. no comparison. Nope. But yeah, it had a bunch of games. It had like an operating system on a disc. Right. Ran exclusively on floppies. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a hard drive. Nope. So I got my. So that's 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 like my first computer. That's how everything worked back then. There was no installation of nope. anything. There was no hard drive. And hard drives, God, for like a five megabyte hard drive, they were like a thousand dollars at one point in time. Like stupid, crazy stuff like that. I remember going to like the PC trade shows or. Swap, like a kind of like a swap meet thing where you would go and there'd just be tables stacked with PC components and games and crap and just trying to like figure out what any of it was and what I needed or wanted or could do from there. Like, oh, it was a crazy time. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, so, uh, literally doing like run commands yeah. to run a game. Well, and Amiga had their own DOS too. Oh, yeah. Because it was right. Yeah, it was exclusive and they mm-hmm. all were trying to jostle each other. Right. But yeah, I. I didn't exactly uh, experience them during their era, mm-hmm. but I did experience them as secondhand hand-me-downs that yeah. I had to use because I was interested. Great. Yeah. And then uh, the great thing about that is that I figured out you could use the monitor from it as a TV. Oh, yeah. So man, that was <laughs> bonus. Great. Yeah, that was a great bonus because <laughs> hell yeah, like oh, I can hook up my my PlayStation to this yeah, and play it right on this little eight-inch screen. <laughs> Later when I got it, yeah. Because <laughs> wasn't I, it tiny? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a 13-inch little Okay, screen. so it's not too, but, too small. But yeah, but that CRT was actually uh, semi-quality. So yeah. it, 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 it had good clarity on it. Yeah. So, because it had to be a computer monitor. Right. It, not it was just a, built to a standard. game screen. Yeah. So it, it made an awesome great yeah. game screen. Yeah. I used that for quite a while. That's funny. Yeah, so um, then what happened? I Then I got rid of of the machine and kept the the monitor as my tv it was in my room and i was playing video games oh yeah for years yeah so what did i get i think i got it my hands in the super nintendo somewhere Mm -hmm. yeah i did i i got a good deal with it yeah that's that was the best like yard sale one 
like I, I got mine with like five games and the only thing that sucked is the kids that were selling it they had a table full of stuff they had everything up to like the super yeah. scope and everything and at the time i was still like cleaning pools for my dad so i, I didn't have shit for money i had like 20 bucks on me and ended up getting like the console and like five games yeah out you of them. you and me both we right? we both didn't Everything, everything that I got had yeah. to be earned by by myself personally, right? and then bought through blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. or found. <laughs> yeah, or found, or like tr- somehow traded through yeah. some third Trading party. To. Oh my god! Yeah, that's how I got a lot of my stuff. So when when did you get your first PC that you were able to like mod and upgrade Ooh. on your own? Man, that's that's a good question. I started building little. Uh, Pentium One units that yeah. ran Windows ninety eight. After I actually Not figured bad. out how to install Windows yeah, ninety eight right. on it, that <laughs> was a whole ish, that was a whole like breakthrough for me because mm-hmm. I didn't have no inter- I didn't have internet. I couldn't just go, hey, let me let me Google this this yeah, guide real quick. Right. So I had to just like brute force it. Like, okay, what's going on? You know, like oh. learn DOS through through oh, trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah, but it was like a fun. Oh yeah, fun activity. I didn't that's, like look down upon it. No, and that's that's how I've generally learned and like taught myself everything I know too. It's I don't unless unless I have a sp- very specific goal in mind that now especially with the internet and everything that you can just look up a tutorial for. Yeah, it's all just trial and error. You just have to tear it apart like I was just talking about on the last episode how I fixed my PlayStation after mm-hmm. I broke it, mm-hmm. like just and finding that-, that little ribbon that was broken and like miraculously being able to put it back together, but stuff like that is exactly how, I don't know. That's, that's how you should learn because you get the thrill of figuring something out. And that stuff is like hard coded in your brain. Now that that's versus just reading a guide, doing it once. And then it's done. It's that whole, like, teach a man to fish type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And you get so much more satisfaction out of that. Yeah, imagine all the kids that didn't fix their cable. Right. And, and were just stuck. Yeah, and just gave up. Yeah, and just gave up. And Ugh. Well, even that, that kid that threw away his Sega, imagine if that was the case, that yeah. there was something wrong with his TV connection yep. or something, and he thought it was the Sega, so just tossed it. Like, <laughs> there's There's been dumber things done, I'm sure, throughout time. But yeah, I've been... When I, when I first came here i didn't even know what a computer was Jeez. that's like uh, internet what is what is that oh god no uh, it was internet, just a whole yeah internet was a whole different well yeah i mean i kinda... remember i remember being in a going to a computer class in my middle school and okay they would they would try to the internet was just starting then, yeah but that's, they still taught it too. like the the basics of you know html and, yeah and all this junk so cool and teaching it though yeah that's, and that's was, crazy like, well it was all just all just typing classes really and yeah. then a short you know yeah that's true i i never got to learn anything about computers i got to screw around with them in the computer class and i would go there like after school the computer lab would stay open and everybody would just go play games and yeah screw around i did that but play doom yeah exactly but never got to learn anything and i did get to experience though the kind of the dual class of mac versus pc from the start and that that's crazy looking back because going from that computer lab in like fourth and fifth grade where you were on like macintosh twos what were no what i don't remember what generation they were apple twos or yeah apple twos with the green screen that was so i had those and then they they had the they went through like the upgrade to the color ones 
So we had those too. And I remember like kid picks and number munchers and all that garbage. But within that period of time too is where the internet did come online. And when it became public and I remember like having the, um, the teacher look up the sci-fi channel website for me. And it was funny because I was, you would see the the URL on their commercials and it would be like, I grab the, a piece of paper and try to write it down and I yep. get like HTTP <laughs> and then have to wait for another commercial break to come back because I, I wouldn't record it or anything. I was watching it live and yeah, it took me like all night to get the URL and then take it in. She looks it up and she's like, okay, but I've got to watch you to make sure you don't get to anything weird. <laughs> and it's like, we already knew at that point that yeah. there's twisted shit on the internet it's like don't click on anything that might be bad but oh those are crazy yeah, times it was it was unfiltered back mm-hmm. then largely oh, yeah. yeah and i mean now even still there's so much crazy shit out there but um when did you finally get to like go through that experience of either building your own or Ooh, upgrading to, that, to keep a system alive that or, was that was much later i think i got for into, me too yeah I think I got into that game. I've I've built a lot of systems. Like I said, I started building little with the Pentiums. Pentium One boxes because mm-hmm. they were cheap. Yeah, they were f- almost free to get. True. And then I made my way up to like you know. Then I finally got my hands on a Pentium Three board, mm-hmm. made that, and then slowly I. But the first I think one that I actually bought and kept was a uh, was an Athlon. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one of those machines okay. set up. I built it myself mm-hmm. from from. Actually going to the store, buying all new parts, and then building it, well, that's, which was um, amazing you know, yeah. at the time. So. Well, it's, that's a difficult period, too, because compatibility was an issue. Like, with if you went AMD back then, yeah. it was really hard to get any kind of, like, options. Like, you were set with specific things, and if you screwed up and bought something that wasn't compatible, game over. Like, no, I, I, I didn't really never had that issue. No? Because what happened is... Me and my friend got into got into com- computers. Like there were, I had two more friends that were really into computers, mm-hmm. and they would like build machines as well. Okay. So I would always like we would always go and and try to see what uh, what was out there, mm-hmm. and try to see what hardware was was going well, on at the time. Yeah. And, and they had more money than me. So, but the plus side to it is I would always tag along because they mm-hmm. were my friends and it was fun. Yeah. But at the same time, I would learn from their mistakes. Right. Because they would buy something first. Just because it was just shiny because and new, shiny right? shiny new. Yeah. And we would put it together. We would like come over. It was just like a whole hangout thing. Like, yeah. Put this machine together. See what happens. See what happens. Oh, it was, man. It was awesome. Yeah. So uh, a thing that I miss and, you know, but by the time I built my own system, I already knew what I wanted. So, yeah. Because... I, I said, okay, this is not for me, this is not for me. And right. Well, now you have that to look forward to because as part of this program now, and I've talked about it, my budget for upgrades to everything, and I kind of have my general goal is build a capable PC. So the baseline for that is I want to be able to – I need to look at like some mainstream games. Like I'm thinking like Project Cars, I want to use that as kind of a, a starting point for requirements. Uh-huh. What I'm going to need to run Project Cars 2 at 1080p and solid 60 FPS. Like if if that's it, that's my baseline, what do I need to to put together to do that? Then still f- hopefully fit into the budget that capture card that I want to do and maybe a camera for future projects. With 
the thought in mind that I'll use my laptop then to record any video because I know yeah. we've already talked about that. And I know from looking online that if you're going to do any kind of like live recording, you basically need double whatever you were thinking of Yeah. because you need hardware that's going to be able to, to not only produce the graphics, but then record them at some kind of quality too. Well, and the bandwidth to do that is, it seems kind of crazy, but well, here's, here's the thing I've, I've, Ever since I started building PCs, ever ever since I, you know, actually figured out how, how everything works and mm-hmm. then kind of fine-tuned it on my own, I, st- I actually, uh, for a while, had a thing to where what I would build PCs for people, like, yeah. for money. Yeah. And I would charge well, I'm them. not paying you shit. What are you what? talking about? <laughs> no, this is not where it's going. <laughs> believe me. If, if you want money, get out. Like, <laughs> you, do, you, do you think you're getting paid for this podcast, too? What the hell's going on here? Wait, what? <laughs> Mike's no. off. Nope, that's it. We're done. No. But <laughs> where are you going, Max? Come back. <laughs> We're gonna have to renegotiate this, mm-hmm. anyways. So um, that's why you sign a contract, buddy. Damn it! <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, so uh, I've gotten semi-proficient at trying to config to configure systems to customers' needs. Ah, so when perfect. when they come up to me and they say, "Hey, I need a computer." And I say, and the first thing I ask them is, "What are you going to do, gonna with, do it? with it?" And some people just want a top, <laughs> a top of the line model, and they don't care. They yeah. just say, "Okay, we want a well, the best computer possible." I'm, at least you. And got, I say, "Okay." Ha, yeah. Then my next question is, "How much money do you have?" Right. Because sky's the limit. You uh-huh. know, I can do oh, yeah. whatever you want. We, on could, this we deal. can spend four grand and have. A, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's those f bombs we talked about, but you can have a. You could spend four grand and have a computer that can do literally anything today. Max spec, like yeah. dual liquid cooling systems and quad SLI cards. Yeah. and But just, it would be a novelty. <laughs> yes. It would be like a Ferrari that yep. just sits in the garage because you can't do anything with it. Like you're, you you're, come home, you're over capable at that point. You come home, your case, your case is set up on a nice little pedestal mm-hmm. with all the stuff in it. And lasers blown, lasers off of it. blown off of it. And you just marvel. <laughs> yeah. Which is the thing in, in its own prospect. Oh, yeah. no, so. Totally, totally down with that. Like I have no problem with any of that. You have your little nerd shrine around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put your little bobbleheads on there. <laughs> this is my Deadpool bobble. But yeah, this and, is my and, Darth Vader. and then there's the, the workhorse because that's yeah. how I started out uh, with my PC. Mm-hmm. When I actually built my own first PC, I couldn't even afford a graphics card for it. True. Because I said, I said I will get it later because mm-hmm. I wanted to put as much money into the processor yeah. and the RAM as possible. Yeah, because that's, then, that's the stuff that lasts longer. Video cards come and go. Yeah. Like and that's, then I ran a shitty little 8 megabyte that could actually display, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with with mine, like, I th- I built my first PC, and I think I'm not sure. I think I still use the same case to this day, and it was back in like 2004, maybe. I've I've got pictures yeah, that I could go back to reference to. That's but, exactly when I started with yeah. My projects. So, about the same time, and it was it was still Pentium processors back then, no multi core, um, oh, or even dual core. No dual core. But I mean, then. we weren't even like I. I'm pretty sure I started with the Pentium four though. I think that was my first one at least. But with that one, you were my, baller, right? <laughs> but my goal 
I think I spent maybe, I don't know if I spent a thousand dollars on that one back then. Cause that, that would have been a lot back then, but it was probably between five and a thousand, 500 and a thousand. But my goal with it and what I achieved with it was better than PS3 graphics ah. at the time. And PS3 was, I mean, the, the main console. And my reference point was, um, oh, God, not Skyrim, the one before it, Oblivion. Oblivion. Yeah, Oblivion was my, my starting point. And that's when, like, I, I got the game, got built my PC, put everything together, got it running. I had almost no problems. I think I had to make one phone call to their tech support because there was something, like, I think it was literally a dip switch that wasn't switched the right way. Like, something right. that dumb and simple. But got it running, and yeah, like, the graphics in Oblivion were better than what I was seeing on my PS3 at the time and mods. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. But once I started plugging mods in, it started chugging. Oh, and yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I guess <laughs> I guess that's all I really get out of it. But it was still... That that was like my my entry point to it, and from there, I my second build off of that same core was I just got a motherboard processor and a video card, but the video card I made sure was tailored towards like actual video production versus game graphics. Ah. So once I put that thing together, it's like, all right, what am I gonna do? Well, I don't have any like videos to produce, yeah. so let me try out Witcher Two and death like yep. just it was it couldn't even run that and that game was like a year or two old at the yes, time because there's that whole divide between uh workstation again graphics yeah cards. just like you mentioned so i mean and it is that's one of the most important things to start with is knowing what you want to get out exactly. of exactly so and then absolutely budget budget is like the next step too because that can't be your first choice you can't start with the budget because you don't yes know no. what I'm, you're going to do with it like if you say i've got a thousand dollars and then the next question is okay what kind of graphics do you want to see out of it oh well i want 4k and this and that and like well no yeah <laughs> you don't have enough money like <laughs> i have three hundred dollars yeah I right want, and i want a full setup i want an alienware <laughs> with 4k yeah yeah <laughs> my no. god uh, but looking at everything i mean that that's something that you and i will get back together and do like oh, the pc build episode and like all once we're done here i'll like let you look at everything that I've worked on so far. Sure. Stuff I've checked out, but that's definitely going to be another episode. But I mean, for now, that's kind of a good place to, to wrap it up. Is there anything else you wanted to make sure to get out? Not really. Okay. I'm just here to chit chat. Hell yeah. And then Max is still on the, 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 I don't know what you would call it. It's like, you don't have a Twitter. Like no, I like, don't. What what is I'm this? Not, I don't understand. I'm not gonna plug myself. There's no. You have nothing to plug, Max. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite podcast you would like to to plug while you're here? I'm pointing at myself. <laughs> Come on, not do it. No. not really. Just this one. <laughs> the Well Adjusted Gamer Podcast yeah. Com. Oh. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I've got. Is make sure then to like and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Wag Podcast. And be sure as well to start sending in some feedback. Send some emails to wagpodcast at or wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. And then be sure to rate and review on iTunes as well. That will do nothing but help build this little empire that I'm working on. Until next time, I'm Jason. And over there is Mr. Max. That's me. Oh, thanks for coming by, Max. We'll talk again soon. Sure. 
like at work tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks.